Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. In this episode, we had a great talk with our friend Trenton Cook. Trenton's a black belt under Romero Jacare Cavalcanche. He's an experienced instructor, successful competitor, and owner of Thornwood BJJ. He's taught kids and adults jiu-jitsu all over the world, including Alliance Headquarters. He's taught in Singapore and numerous BJJ Globe Charter camps. We caught up with Trenton for this episode on a gorgeous day in Maine at the BJJ Globe Trotters 2018 USA camp. Special thanks to Christian from the Globe Trotters for putting these camps on, and thanks to our friend Ethan for joining us. You can find out more information about the camps at bjjglobetrotters.com. You can find Trenton at his academy in Westchester, New York, Thornwood BJJ, and online at thornwoodbjj.com. Shout out to our sponsor, Tortuga Soap Company. From Maine to Mexico and everywhere in between, keeping everybody smelling good, tortugasoap.com. Shout out to BJJ Prehab. It's a program to help with preventing and treating injuries from grappling, bjjprehab.com. We are Dapper Ties. Go check them out. Get some ties. Enter the discount code ROLL and get free shipping. We are dapperties.com. Also, shout out to the Red Wing Superior Podcast Network. They put this whole thing together, so without them, there would be no podcast. There's a bunch of other really cool podcasts to check out, including the newest, Stray the Course. Thanks, everyone, for the support and for listening. We wish you all good training. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Fucking about three times. There's a good story about me and Jay putting together the sweat lodge, though. Yeah, and how we couldn't do it. No, Keegan had to come and put it together. No, man, he was done in Pennsylvania. Like came and helped us too. I'll help you guys. Yeah, and he was like, (laughs) it was like me and Jay, like two Uh, kids, like I can't do it. Um, so welcome to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, Trenton. Trenton and I have ran in the same circles for a long time. (laughs) And I think last year or the year before, I was like, hey, dude, let's do a podcast sometime. And then uh, I haven't seen him until now. Right. <laughs> and so he just whooped my ass for 15 minutes in a nice way. Um, and I was like, do you want to do a podcast now, please? I, I feel like George is still catching his breath. <laughs> I, just, I just got here and literally George is like all red-faced on the mat. Like, George, what happened? He's like a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. <laughs> million positions. <laughs> so many, So many positions. Uh, but it was awesome. So, um, Trenton teaches seminars all over, man. He's like, teaches really, really good class. Like, I, I was at one of your classes here, I think, last year, and it was awesome. Uh, and I've seen you teach positions at at Brad's, at Soulcraft. Right. And it was all awesome stuff. And it was stuff you just did to me, too. I, so <laughs> I know another good place you could teach a seminar. I do, too. It's a good right? spot. No Sos MMA. <laughs> they, there, too. That's but, not really what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> just do it at Port City because all their jujitsu guys come to our school and train. Hey, anyway, I'll bring so. them all to one place. That's so, right. so, Trenton, where are you from? So, I'm originally from New York. Uh, I actually grew up in the Bronx. Uh, you know, grew up with my dad and my grandparents. Uh, small house, looking back on it now, but I don't know how we fit so many people in that house. And, uh, you know, I went to school there and traveled a bit when I was in college, uh, came back to New York, and it was Christmas Eve. 
my cousin and he goes, oh, come with me to the gym. I'm like, I'm not going to work out on Christmas Eve. He's like, just come. So whatever, he talked me into it. I went and uh, it was MMA place in Mayapak, New York. Walked in, first day. I did stand up like most of my life, other types of martial arts. And, uh, you know, we did jujitsu that day and I got my butt kicked by some 14 year old. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I need to learn how to do this. Uh, you know, so ever since then, that was uh, 2009, and I haven't looked back since. I feel like everybody's got a story kind of like that, regardless of martial arts background. Before, when they tried jujitsu, like a uh, buddy of mine first came for the first time, and he said something similar. He was like, uh, "We get in the car," and he's like, "He's got a hat on, like me, you know, with his head down." Mm. And I go, "So how'd it go? Did you have fun?" He picks his head up, and he's got rug burns all over his face, <laughs> and he goes. I just got my ass kicked by a 130-pound Japanese guy. <laughs> it was, was it Tadashi? It was Tadashi. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, and my like my first experience in jiu-jitsu was like the same. It was like I got my butt kicked so bad on the first day. It was right. like I got to figure this out. Oh like, yeah. I can't be walking around on the street knowing that this is out there. Exactly. You know what I mean? And not taking part. Yeah. And then like anybody, like we're done once you know, do it for a couple months. We're like yeah. Oh yeah, you fall in love. Yeah. So you ended up at Alliance and got your black belt from Jacare. Yes, yes. How'd that happen? That's amazing. So I, yeah, actually, right? I started training under Mike Wacker, a um, right. really good friend of mine of mine. He was actually a groomsman at my wedding. Um, so we're really, really close. And his school is Black Hole Jiu-Jitsu, training with him up through brown belts. Um, so pretty much I did school my whole life, went to college and got a bunch of degrees. I was like big motivation for me. Uh, I don't use any of it now, just teach it to, but hey, so be it. <laughs> use some part of it oh, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. You know? But uh, so math, there's math in there. Right. Oh, yeah. Some accounting. <laughs> right. Uh, so I saw there were two big chiropractic schools um, and for exercise science as well, and that was my major, or what I wanted to major in. There was one in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and one in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, one of my friends was down in Atlanta, and they worked at the uh, like a medicine place right next door to where they were opening up. So they said, you'll never guess who just walked in here. It was Jacare and Lucas. That's crazy. So I said, I'm coming down to visit. <laughs> right. Went down to visit as a purple belt. Uh, me and Lucas hit it off. We were just talking because he was from New York uh, when he first moved from Brazil. He taught there at uh, Pablo Clemente School. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, how's everything going in New York? Are you thinking of moving down? So I told him, he said, you know, uh, he knew my history a little bit. And I kind of spoke to him how I was teaching at Mike's. And he goes, well, if you come down, we need help with the kids program. So, you know, he pretty much offered me a job there. So it was a no brainer. Right. Spoke to Mike and I said, you know, I'm thinking of moving down to Atlanta. I'm going to train with like Alliance and Lucas. Uh, he was a hundred percent supportive on board with me. He was like super excited. He probably wanted to come. Oh yeah. <laughs> he came down to visit. Right. But uh, still from there, uh, he wanted to throw me a going away party. I said, why don't you throw me a seminar instead? He said, who do you want to bring up? I brought Lucas up. Uh, so the seminar was going, I was telling Mike, I do not want to get promoted before I move down, going to a new school, you know, it's Alliance. Right. Uh, he goes to the back with Lucas, they come back out, Mike's giving his speech, then he pulls out a brown belt, he looks at me, he goes, well, Lucas said, it's okay, and you're ready, so. <laughs> and then I got promoted actually with Mike's brown belt, so that's probably nice. the biggest promotion. That's that awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So what's it like, what's it, you know, uh, now that you've trained under those guys for a long time, I mean, there's big names in jujitsu. Yeah, so man, the training it, every day was competition training, right? Um, and it wasn't like you're going there and like trying to smash each other. It's just everyone's so technical. You know, I first moved down, and the guys I'm training with, like Jeff Cummings, uh, Jonathan Thomas, Alec Balding, like these guys are like man, Savages. super technical. Yeah, and like it was a different kind of jujitsu that I was used to. 
uh, it was super technical, so it was like very smooth. Uh, a lot of it focused on guard playing and taking the back and stuff. So, man, these guys were all over me. And it just made me better. Right. Uh, you know, just going through the ringer. Um, and then Lucas, of course, is Lucas. He's like, you know, one of the best out there. So getting my butt kicked for three years, then I got my black belt from Jacare. So, so I feel like I can, I see where you got that. Your style, obviously, was molded by them because you right. are very technical in the same way in your moving. Um, so obviously that rubbed off on you. So something cool that I thought was before we, because that was the first time you and I have rolled, which right. always like to me, I was like, this will be cool because we'll, you know, any time the podcast happens after a rolling, I think it's a better. Um, right. So right before, like when we slapped hands, you said something cool to me. What did you, what do you say before you roll with somebody? Good training. Yeah. Before we train. Before we train. And I right. thought that that was a really cool way to set the tone it's a good right. tone setter right like, oh yeah really really good yeah. so it's before you know, that i was gonna smash you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you I said that look, and I, I saw yeah. the look in your eye i was like let me you know calm this guy down yeah <laughs> put the knives away yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so no nah, but i really like that yeah. where did you is that like did you get that from somewhere or like so that's something that like i picked up at alliance uh you know jacket a was like anytime he would go to roll with one good training and it kind of, it's like you said, it sets a tone. It's kind of like, oh, okay. You kind of relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. Where right. it's not like, man, I got to go hard. It's just, you know, it turns it into a fun role right. where you're not, you have nothing to prove. It's like, let's, let's hang out. Let's Checks have a good role. Checks the ego a little bit, right? right? Yeah. It's like good training. But like, yeah, let's do that. Right, exactly. A hundred percent. I make all my students, the kids, the whole kids class, they have to say before they roll, they shake hands, good training. And then it, you can see it like in their demeanor. They just kind of relax a little bit. You're not so tense. So we're going to start doing that. Dude, I'm going to pretend like we invented it. <laughs> we're going to delete this podcast. So, you guys, I just thought of this new thought thing. This great <laughs> concept. It, it did all that. And it, it even, like, it does. It it, draw, it, it like, takes your ego right out of it. Right. And, in, and instead, you're like, yeah, like, let's make, not, you know, now you're like, I want to have a really good role now. Not right. that you didn't want to before, but, yeah. like, you're like, yeah, let's make this role really awesome. Right. Yeah. And it also gets people to think about, like, how I, I mean, I like to roll really smooth, mm -hmm. move around a lot. I don't mm -hmm. like to stay in one position too much. Yep. Like the whole point of training is to experiment and go through all these positions. So it's like, oh, that's new. Oh, this guy's doing this. Okay, how can I react to that? So right. it's kind of give and take. And then when you want to, you know, get the tap, then you can kind of mm -hmm. get a little bit tighter. But I like to play really loose. Like you felt it when we were training. So. Yeah, I felt like we just were exploring all right. these positions. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's what jujitsu is about, though. You right. know what I mean? It's about kind of expanding and finding uncomfortable spots that you're not normally in and like... If we're in one spot, like like you, you slap hands and one guy pulls guard right. and he keeps his guard like slammed shut and he like hooks over the head and under the arm and like yeah. we're there. What did anybody learn from that? Exactly. It's not, not a fun it's not We could have hit yeah. 12 positions oh, yeah. in this six minutes and we could have had an awesome roll and like explored some different stuff and right. hit some new positions and be like, you do stuff I haven't seen, I do stuff you haven't seen. Yeah. And it's like, we could have gotten so much out of this, but instead... Or it's like, you know, you pass somebody's guard and just lock down for the, like, the next five oh, minutes. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, this was awesome. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a waste of however much time you're doing. Right. You, know, I feel like you never get back. Wrong. Right. Thanks, guys. Well, you're here, <laughs> listen, you're here to learn. We're here to teach you. <laughs> yeah. you know? You're like, yeah, you got to do all these positions. I'm like, look, I'm just trying to survive. Like, <laughs> don't wrist lock me. But that, like, that, like, takes away so many variables. You know what I mean? That sentiment, be like, hey, good training, man. Let's, yeah. let's have some fun. Right. Well, yeah. here's also something too, and like what you said, like when you showed up, I was dead. 
but it wasn't because we went 100%. The whole, like, we weren't going 100%. Right. I was going 100%. He was going 75 but <laughs> it was no. Enough. Yeah. It was <laughs> but no, like, but we, but like, we changed positions so much that it was a better workout than if I was going 100%. Right. Right. It's like you, you know? said, you get stuck in a position and you're not exerting any energy. You're not moving. Your body's not moving. You're staying stiff. You're not right. working your flexibility. You're not working your hip escapes or anything. You're just kind of just hanging out, which is, one, is boring. I don't want to train like that. Right. And like you said, you're not exploring new avenues. You have to put yourself in certain positions to learn how to get out of it. When you're competing, then you, if you want to go to one thing, then work your A game. That's perfectly fine. Right. That's yeah. the way it's got to be, right? Like oh, yeah. My game shrinks down to my top 10%. Right. Uh, but it, it's funny you say that because I like also, like the more you train like this, the looser you, you like now, even when you're rolling hard, you're loose. Exactly. Like yeah. you find that yourself like like a lot of times it happens to everybody every now and then you like slap hands on a very competitive role maybe you're training students maybe you're training yourself getting ready for a tournament and you find yourself in that tense lock locking in position you're like I need to relax like let my jujitsu do its thing right because you can't you got to kind of figure out a way to let your game go in those in those competitive and I think that's the difference between great competitors and bad competitors is like great competitors know how to let their game go right and it comes from training like just like you're talking right. about. Being like, I don't care if the guy's 250 or if he's 160. I don't care if he's a blue belt or a black belt. I'm going right. to roll the same way. Exactly. Yep. You know what I mean? Let's see what happens. Yeah. And it's the same way, you know, when I compete. I'm still, I'm, I do my, like you said, top 10% like techniques and stuff, but I'm so loose. Right. Right. I'm not going to burn my arms out because you have more than one match. Right. So <laughs> you burn yourself out, you win that first one, and then all your lactic acid is built up and you can't do the next one. Right. Very loose. You know, you can always make the points back up. The goal is to get a submission anyways. Right. So... The grips will come back. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? If you rip it, that's oh, fine. Right. I'll get it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was my problem for, like, the first three tournaments I did. And, like, the first match, I'd just be, like, iron gripping it. And then I'd have to, like, water bottle in my arms. I was like, oh, my God. I can't close my hands. That was my first tournament at Blue Belt in the Gi. Because at first, the first MMA place I trained at, I always say Mike was my first instructor. Because he was, like, first jiu-jitsu instructor. But I trained at this MMA place for, like, a few months. Um, and we only did no gi. The only time we did gi is because me and my buddy Chris decided to buy a gi and train gi. So I decided to do a tournament at Blue Belt in the gi, and after my first match, my arm, I couldn't grab anything. <laughs> Luckily, I made it to the finals, but nice. man, by the time the finals came, I could not close my hand. That's the worst feeling. Oh, yeah. You're like, there's no way I'm going right. into this second <laughs> match in good shape. Right. Like, yeah. It was terrible. Trying to do your no gi grips in a gi. <laughs> right. Mm. You see people all the time in tournaments are laying on the floor, and people are like stepping on their forearms. Right. And, yeah. But it goes back to what you said. You're staying too tense. It's like right. you're you're letting your anxiety get the best of you. It's just a roll. At the end of the day, a tournament, you're just rolling. It's not life or death. Yeah, no. Even if you lose. Right. The whole point, of, so I always tell my guys, the whole point of competing, obviously you want to win, right? If you're competitive. If, if I have my preference. Right, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't go in there trying to lose. Right. But, you know, if everything goes your way in every single match, every second, every minute of the match, you don't learn anything. Right. Right. You just did well and then, okay, boom. Right, but when you start to get in trouble in places, oh, I know I need you to work on. I need to work on this because this guy was passing my guard every time I did this. So you can kind of look back and analyze what you did wrong. Right, that's that's so true because you think about it, it's a martial art, right? Right. We as as the the great thing about martial arts like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is we have the advantage of being able to like slap hands and go hard. You know what I mean? Right. And like this guy is fully resisting what I'm trying to do, and I'm fully resisting what he's trying to do, and like that is the this doesn't come easy type thing that you would feel in right. the street, right? Like right, that. exactly. So if you're not ending up in an anxiety-driven 
position at some point in time, like yeah. you're not learning how to deal with it. You know what I mean? Oh, if, yeah. I'm, if you're always on top, you, there's no anxiety with that. Oh, exactly. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. knee on stomach or I'm mounting every time yeah. or like, you know what I mean? To go, to kind of piggyback off that, you know, when I get bigger guys coming in who are like wrestlers or football players or like really strong guys, I make them play guard because they get yeah. used to being on bottom. You're, you're naturally going to get good at being on top if you're bigger, right. naturally. Always. So I'm like, I, you're playing on bottom the whole time. And then, man, I have guys who are, like, getting flexible now who are bigger guys and they're using the guard. We have one guy, Javon, who's, like, 220, uh, and he pulls guard every single time. And he sweeps. Then when he gets on top, now yeah, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I liked is, it so much better when I was in your guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a lot like Croiler, though. Like, Croiler is 240. Yep. 240. And his guard is so good. Yep. Like, he's a big man. Yeah. You know? Um uh, Savage. 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 Yep. You're right about that. Like a guy, you know, like, because a big guy, you know, 220 plus, he's going to learn how to pass right. no matter what. Oh, yeah. Right. And his and his pressure from the top is going to be brutal. It just will be. Right. It's the nature of like, it's it's like smaller guys. If you're 170 or under, your guard's going to be nasty if you do jujitsu for long enough because it oh, has yeah. to be. It right. has to be technical and good because yep. you can't yeah, overpower the 220 that's on top of you. Exactly. And, uh, but... A big guy like that gets a good guard, like, because you know the rest will develop. A good guard's like one of the harder things to do in jujitsu. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And man, a big, like, 225 nasty guard, good yeah. passing and pressure. It's like, Ooh. I don't know where to run and hide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. so you ended up running the show, kind of, Alliance, after Lucas left? Yeah, so Lucas left uh, to open up his own in North Carolina, um, which we were sad to see him go, but super happy for him. Yeah. Um, and then it was, you know, Jacare, of course, with, right. you know, the head of everything. And then we had, there were multiple black belts who kind of taught classes there. Uh, but really, it was myself and John Thomas, uh, who was deemed the nickname Makahau. <laughs> uh, but this man, John, is like one of the biggest influences in my guard passing, like passing out loose and stuff like that. He would like, man, smash me. And he's like 150, maybe. Nice. Like, uh, really technical guy. He's actually has a school out in Sweden now. Um, him and Alec Balding actually teach together out there. Cool. But um, man, he, so he was running like all the advanced classes uh, and some of the intermediate. I was running the kids class, uh, the 7 a.m. class, the fundamentals, the intermediates that he wasn't teaching, uh, the nogi classes. So like I was teaching like 20 something classes a week. Wow. Uh, which is, you know, quite a bit while training full time. So. There's, there's no time for you never leave the jujitsu man. Nope, never. <laughs> Which I, actually sounds maybe like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so pretty much I was there all the time. I was there at, you know, at 7. I would teach class, uh, go back. I lived like five-minute walk, go home, shower, eat a little bit, come back, teach a private, teach class at 11, take the noon class, which is advanced class. Uh, sometimes that wouldn't end until like 2, 3 o'clock, depending on if it was tournament season. <laughs> um, and then go back, shower, come back for kids' class. Uh, if we had the little kids that day, it was 5 o'clock. they do 5 to 5.30. And then 5.30 on to 6.30 was the other class. And then right after that was 6.30 to 7.30 was the uh, intermediate or fundamentals and then advanced class. Wow. So it was, I was there, I was there more than anyone. <laughs> you got right. experience. Like, oh, yeah. Quick. So, so how do you, so some people just naturally have the energy to do that kind of thing. Other people have to figure out, like, their lifestyle has to change. You know right. what I mean? Like, I have to sleep more and I have to eat right and I have to get the right, you know, what it, what is what did did that evolve or like did you have to make conscious decisions to kind of because that's so much time on the mat like right. most people will get hurt or get just get burnt out or yeah. like you know what I mean get you know like literally chronic neck carpal tunnel that kind right, of right. stuff 
how did how did you deal with being on the mat so much? So being around Jacare, who was like super healthy and super clean, like the way he eats, like that influenced me a lot. Um, so we would always have discussions on that of like what diet or how we were eating and everything like that. We would go to like the farmer's market and stuff like that. So my diet was on point, super healthy, super clean, uh, probably cheated like twice a month. Um, I'm not, I don't really have a sweet human. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't really have a sweet tooth anyways. I'm more like into savory things. So that wasn't really that hard for me. Uh, but I would treat each training session different. So one training session, maybe I will only work from bottom. The next one, maybe only from top. And then one I would go kind of like all out or whatever. Right. Um, some sessions I would do just, I would kind of flow and drill a little bit, put myself in bad spots. Uh, but if I, for sure, if I went 100% each and every time, I'd be broken. There's right. no way, right? And then, you know, like a lot of the guys there who are training with were like 19, 20, 21. You know, I'm 33 now. Um, so when I started, I was like 24, 25 with like injuries from like other martial arts growing up and other sports. Sure. Like I played basketball, baseball, football, like everything growing up constantly. So my, I already had injuries. Yeah. So coming into jiu-jitsu, I had, knew I had to do something to make sure I didn't, you know, right. burn out, like you said. So it was just taking each training session differently, making so, sure I wasn't overexerting myself while still pushing myself to, you know, the limit. It took a lot of experimentation. It, for sure. And I think that's a lesson, like, that most people are in the hard way. Right. You know what I mean? You know, they, you know, especially when people are new to jujitsu, you know, in that one to three or four year period, they're like... I want to train all the time. It's like, slow down, buddy. Like, right. you don't have to be there every single day. Like, you right. need to rest. And most people have to experience bad injuries and feeling sh- shitty all the time yeah. in order to learn that lesson. You were able to come into jujitsu saying, I've got to I've got to organize my training and my approach to my training in a certain way right. so, so that my body doesn't get destroyed. I mean, okay. that's so rare that someone's able to start their training with that mindset which is probably why you've been able to stay healthy right yeah i've I've actually only had one or two injuries throughout the time i've been training one actually didn't even happen during jiu-jitsu it was after class uh we were playing soccer the guy slid into my ankle it popped uh that was like a blue belt oh yeah then the other injury was i was rolling uh with the guy and it just so happened as I was sitting into him, his knee came and like fractured my uh, sternum. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> right. He's a bigger guy. Right. But uh, that's pretty much the only two. And it's because, you know, I kind of paced myself. And I feel like if someone was always like being too aggressive, I would just kind of play dead. Like still fight back, but kind of just enough to where they're not going too crazy. Right. Yeah. It's because you're, you're able to influence kind of their energy level. Like if right. I play dead, they're going to slow down. Right. Then once they slow down, then I can pick it up a little bit and we can have fun. Yeah. Here. Nice. Not like trying to kill each other the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I wish that was me. Yeah. Those those <laughs> roles are fun too. So every once in a while. Yeah, you can't right. have them all the time. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Who did Jacare get his black belt from? Holes Grace. Holes, right. He was yeah. one of the five. Yep. He was one of the five, yeah. Him, Mauricio. Just Marcio. so we're being clear here for I don't know where everyone where where you're at. Like we're not talking about Jacare Souza. Right. 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 We're talking about Cavalcanti. Yeah. So Romero, Jacare Cavalcanti, he is the head of Alliance. Yeah, he got his black belt from Holes um, before he passed. And uh, he trained with Hickson for a bit, and then he opened his own school uh, called Jacare Jiu-Jitsu. And then I believe him and Fabio had an academy together called Master Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. And then there, so Gigi is one of his black belts as well. And their students, they didn't want their students competing against each other in tournaments, so that's when they formed Alliance. So it's Jacare, Fabio, and Gigi. Very cool. Yeah. 
So you opened up your own school in the last couple of years. Yeah, so I opened up October actually, so it hasn't been a year yet. Oh, gotcha. Um, you know, so after my time teaching in Atlanta, uh, you know, me and my wife traveled a bit. I kind of taught here and there. I taught in Indonesia for a little bit. Uh, taught in Mexico in Merida, Mexico. Taught in Indonesia. Yeah, that was fun. that was fun. So there was an alliance school in Indonesia, um, and you know, I met them at one of the Pan Am camps at the headquarters and we kind of hit it off and uh, Deddy was the guy who runs it out there. He's like, I want to bring you for a seminar. Uh, so I got my black belt in June uh, 20th of 2015. And then I got a text message from him the next day. He goes, can I bring you out for a seminar in November? I'm like, all right. Got married to my wife in October and immediately the next week I left and went to teach a seminar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, didn't have a honeymoon. I was away. <laughs> Did you, I'm, I'm sure you tried. How do you, Ooh, <laughs> How do you feel about a honeymoon in Indonesia? <laughs> right. I really want to take you someplace exotic. All right. But it was, it was in Jakarta, which isn't, you know, didn't really want to take her there. The city. Right. Yeah, it's Fair the city. Enough. But, you know, I had a great experience out there. Uh, hung out with those guys, you know. Uh, super outgoing, super friendly. I still talk to them all the time. I actually spoke to one of the guys uh, yesterday. Like I talked to them, like pretty much twice a week. That's still awesome. in touch. Um, taught in Mexico. Uh, there was a guy, uh, Rafael, who he had an Alliance Academy out there. Uh, he was a brown belt, so I taught there for almost two weeks. Uh, then uh, we went to Japan. Lived in Japan for three months. Wow. Uh, and we taught and trained out there. Nice. So uh, we trained at Hiro BJJ. Uh, guys are stud. So. He, you know, he opened his doors to me, so I was able to teach there and taught some seminars and stuff like that. What was that like training in Japan, like uh, uh, culturally speaking? So it was amazing. So as far as the training went, um, I felt like a lot of the stuff they were trying to do was more of the like modern, intricate stuff. Um, so I saw that there was a little bit of a gap missing in the basics. Uh, so I actually taught like a self-defense workshop and like all the black belts ate it up because they said they'd never learned it. So wow. a lot of the stuff they're learning, they're not learning, like some places, you know, right. aren't learning, like they don't have a set curriculum or any curriculum at all in place. So they're kind of skipping over some of the basics and focusing a lot on like the trends. And that's just kind of like the culture, like it's a trendy kind yeah. of culture. Right. Uh, so that it, it translated over to the jujitsu. So they were like really good at like the lasso stuff and like the intricates, like spider stuff and like stuff like that. But, you know, when I would like get them in close guard, they would kind of look like confused and like, oh man, like what's this doing? What like, is this yeah. thing? <laughs> Ooh, stop. Yeah. So like that across his feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the basic stuff was like, they ate it up because they loved it. They were like, man, like this is so simple. Um, so that's really, when, once I did that, it kind of changed my approach to teaching in a huge way where I tried to make all the intricate and more complicated techniques and everything and turn it into like a funneling system and make it very basic to where let's say this guy can only stand squared or staggered. So if you're squared, I have option A, option B. If you stagger to have option C and D. And then all the other stuff comes in when they defend those first four sweeps very well. Right. Uh, which my class tomorrow is actually going to c- cover that. So. Like branches of a tree sort of. Right. Yeah. That's and a good system. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it works and it's how to connect things and right. like a way to organize things in your mind. Oh, yeah. So a lot of my teaching is more conceptual and funneling system. Like I said, uh, Rob Kahn, who was uh, Mike's uh, head coach, uh, I learned a lot from him. Mike brought him up all the time for seminars and he's the one who first got that uh, system into my head or that concept in my head. It's like, you don't want to play Rolodex Jiu-Jitsu where someone makes a mistake and you try to go through the Rolodex of all those moves that you know to match that mistake right. instead of a funneling system. Put them in this spot, 
there's only one or two things they can do, and it becomes, instead of action-reaction, it's anticipation. Right. So you can react a lot quicker. So I just applied that simple thing that he taught from, like, side control into every other aspect of jiu-jitsu. Right. Yeah. Awesome. That's a great way of looking it at is, it. It makes a lot of sense. Because I think that one of the things that jiu-jitsu lacks, maybe it's because it's, it's such a young art. Right. You know what I mean? But now that it's developing so quickly, you know what I mean? When I started training uh, right around 2000, um, you know, none of the none of these things existed, or none of these things were like brought to the forefront. You know right. what I mean? We kind of like talking to people and training with all kinds of different people. You realize that nothing's really new. It kind of recycles, but yeah. you know, there there definitely wasn't you know the concept of the barambolo and like a lot of the usage of, the, of different grips wasn't there. And so I think we've arrived at a point where organization of how the whole thing works. It lacks organization in that way. Right, right. So I think if we can teach in a way that kind of creates some organization so that people can compartmentalize things in their mind and form a strategy in their mind that makes yeah. sense, that they don't have to be like, eh, I'm trying to think of what to do from here. It's like, right. no, we drilled this in a certain way, and it's like, if A, then B, if C, right. then D, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they can just kind of follow it. It's like, for, like speaking a foreign language. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just having a system in place, you know, like... Uh, since I taught at Alliance for so long, I, I can you can call out a lesson from the book and I can tell you like exactly what <laughs> the course is going to be. So I kind of took that. That's pretty much what my focus was when I went there. I love I loved competing uh, and I started to kind of like move away from, like I knew I was going to be like a world champion competitor. It just wasn't, you know, for me to do. I said, so I need to focus on one or two things, either keep progressing to get to that level or focus on something different which I focus on becoming a better instructor. So right. there was like DJ Farmer, uh, Bobby Van Hugh with two black belts there who were like phenomenal instructors. Uh, so they helped me a lot with like how I started to formulate, you know, my concepts and how to relate information to other people to where I'm not teaching for my body type, I'm teaching so everyone can do this. Doesn't matter if they're strong, weak, flexible, inflexible, uh, tall, short, doesn't matter. Right. Uh, so that was a huge thing. So pretty much so the years that I trained there, which I competed while I was there, you know, did pretty well, but, uh, the main focus was on becoming a better instructor so I can get other people to the level that they want to be at. I think, man, these are a lot of great points. Like, I think you, you hit the nail right in the head in teaching everything to someone, not just what works for you, because, right. you know what I mean? If you think about how, like, like another funnel, it's like, okay, you were exposed to all this great jujitsu, and like, so you use, let's say, 30% of the subset of what you were taught. Right. So you open a place, now you only teach the 30%, someone's going to take only 30% of that 30% and like, right. oh, they get a black belt one day and they open a school and they start teaching their 30% of the 30% of the, right. you know what I mean? And eventually the game like just kind of disappears as opposed to saying, look, butterfly guard's not my thing. Right. You know what I mean? But I have to teach it oh, yeah. so that maybe it's someone else's thing. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Or like whatever it is, all the techniques. And I think it makes you better as a teacher. It makes... I mean, it's a it's a great concept. I mean, the, the stuff you're talking about is what will keep jujitsu fresh, and it will keep it effective for all the people that are training. Oh yeah, and it will make them stay as opposed to being lost. Like if people quit jujitsu, they quit in the first year. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? But yeah. if you have a system and you put it in place, and they're following a path, right? And they understand it, they're less likely to quit, even though they're still going to get, you know, crushed oh, for, for that sure. first year. Yeah. That's all that comes with the territory. Right. That's table stakes, but. If they understand the path, they're more likely to stay because they understand where things are going. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, really neat concept, man. But, I mean, I attribute that to being at Alliance and training on the Jacare and teaching on him where he had that system in place and it was just me adopting it and, you know, making it kind of kind of making it my own a little bit where I teach it a little bit differently 
Um, but it's really, it's really, you know, all because of him and like how he's helped me do everything. So I, I mean, I owe Jacare a lot, you know, uh, he's a huge influence still. I'm actually bringing him up uh, in August uh, to teach a seminar, trying to get him and Makaha to teach together. Dude, that'd be so, insane. Yeah. So do you have a date for that yet? Uh, not sure the actual date yet. Uh, actually, I said August. Uh, that was a mistake. Uh, it's October. Gotcha. So trying to get it around the time where I, my, I would have my like grand o- like one year anniversary mm-hmm. of the grand opening. So Dude, that would be awesome. Yeah. It, it is, it'll be in like the first weekend of October is what we're looking at. So. so you came back from Japan and opened the school? Like you went so, so, oh, so, yeah, after Japan. Sorry, I'm a major side no, 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 tracker. Yeah. So actually, after Japan, I came, I went back to Atlanta for a little bit, trained there, didn't teach anything, I just trained, uh, which is good to kind of just like not be teaching for a little bit and yeah. be a student again. Uh, they brought Leo Noguera, and so he was the head co- uh, head instructor along with Jacare and DJ started teaching again, so it was cool. I just just trained. Didn't have to worry about teaching. Um, and then I went to compete at Nogi Pan Ams, and I met a uh, black belt who's under alliance, Noel Danforth. And you mentioned Tadashi earlier. He trained. He used to train with Tadashi a lot. That's fine. Because um, oh, Noel's from Maine originally. What's the name? Noel Danforth. It's a familiar name to me for sure. I know him. Yeah. I know Noel. Okay. So he uh, was in school. Uh, he's a doctor or something right like or a he, lawyer he, or he, it was i think he was a teacher that might have been it right? and he was living in boston for a while noel yeah, yeah. trained with us for i don't know six or eight months okay i i i, I trade messages with him every now and again but yeah. what a, a great guy like oh yeah you know we were maybe purple belts or brown belts at the time he was okay. a black belt yeah, yeah um what an amazing guy like this is funny how this conversation right. is going like because i remember i got to train with this guy for not a long time but um, you know, lighter guy, very yeah, yeah, technical, yeah. Uh, just awesome guy. Yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah, so I was able to meet him at Nogi Pan Ams. He came. I guess I met him at the at one of the Pan Ams. So he saw me at one of the Pan Am camps, and we just, you know, there's so many people there. You don't get to meet everyone, but he remembered seeing me, and he introduced me to like his students, and said. So we got to you know talking, and uh, and he actually introduced me to another Alliance guy, JP, Japala, uh, who's like phenomenal, but. Um, he was telling me how he's going to have surgery on his shoulder and it's going to be hard for him to teach and he might need someone to teach. So I said, you know, just shoot me a message. You know, I don't have any set plans to open yet. So if you need someone to come teach, I can come teach for a while. And a week later, he said, hey, I'm about to have surgery. Come down and teach, you know, for a week. Let the students meet you. And then if, you know, you guys hit it off, like I'll hire you to teach for, you know, a bit. So I went down, loved it, loved the vibe of the academy, you know, hit it off with Noel, his wife, Missy, and his two kids. Um, they all trained. His wife, Missy, is also a black belt. So they had a really good program there. Uh, and then January, I moved there. Uh, we lived there and trained there for six months. And he's like, hey, man, can you finish out the year? I was like, man, I got to open my own school. <laughs> <laughs> I've been teaching for other people for so long. For like I want to say yes, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was actually really hard to, you know, to leave there. I, you know, we have a really close, you know, tight-knit family with them. Um, they, you know, they're more than friends, they're family to us. The students there are like family to us. Uh, I actually go there once a month. I drive down to teach a workshop and train there. Wow. So I'm there at least once a month. Where is that again? In Gaithersburg, Maryland. Gaithersburg, Maryland. Yeah. How far yeah. is the drive? Uh, from from where I am in New York, like four and a half hours. That's not bad. Yeah, no. So we drive, uh, Friday I teach class. We drive, I don't have weekend classes at my place because everyone else is closed Friday and they open Saturday. So I did the opposite. So right. I have my weekends yeah. to go travel and teach seminars and stuff. So we drive down Friday night. Or sleep. Yeah, or sleep. Right? Or sleep and relax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Ah, uh, <laughs> wife's going. <"No." laughs> we never sleep. <laughs> if we don't travel there, I'm somewhere else teaching a workshop or seminar, or I'm at Mike's school teaching or training. So I'm always, always involved in jujitsu. But uh, so I go, yep, yeah, go down there. Um, but yeah, he's a great guy. So it's 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 fun to still go down there. Then uh, moved back to New York in like July. Just kind of trained at Mike's for a bit, found a place, and opened in October. How did you get involved in the Globetrotters? I mean, it, may, it makes total sense that you're in it, that right. you're you know involved in it. But how did you, how did that happen? So, uh, Gacho Raul Jimenez, he taught at the USA one in where was it? New Hampshire? Yeah, I think like the first one. Right. And I knew him for a while. Sinistro taught at some of the camps. I trained with him before because he was Alliance. Uh, and Nelson, I knew Nelson like for a while. So again, he would come down to train at the camps. And I kind of just messaged him. I was like, hey, man, like, what's his camps, you know, Globetrotters camp stuff? And he kind of telling me about it. So out on a whim, I just messaged Christian. I was like, hey, Christian, do you mind if I come teach at the camp uh, in New Hampshire, like, in a few months? He's like, sure. Well, that's pretty <laughs> <Right>. much it. <laughs> right. He's like, all right, sure, yeah. And then he told me the dates, and I came and taught. Uh, loved the whole concept, loved the vibe. Um, I've been back every year since. <laughs> um, and that's really, it's really kind of my perspective on jiu-jitsu where I don't care what affiliation you are, who you train with, where you come from, everyone is the same once you're on the mat. Just Amen, train. Man. Amen. <laughs> like this whole, like, it doesn't, you could be Gracie Baja, I could be Alliance, we could still be friends, we could still train on the same mat. Right. There's no secrets in jiu-jitsu. Not right? anymore. Yeah, so everything's online now. <laughs> right, uh, it's, it's out there. Yeah. And besides, like, jiu-jitsu is too small to create so many borders. Right, You know exactly. what I mean? And that's like, uh, you know what, I, I sent Christian uh, an email about this, I don't know, a couple of days ago. Right. And I was like, what I think you're doing is amazing because you're not only spreading jujitsu, but you're bringing people together at the same time. Oh, yeah. Whereas there's so many schools that are still like, you know, oh, I'm in, te- like, like I said, I travel a lot. And yeah. Sometimes you call and you say, hey, could I come train for a night? Like, I, you know, I'm just in time for training. Like, you know, I just want, I want to get in and get some rolls. Like, right. you know what I mean? I'm like, I've been training for a long time. Like, I'm not coming in with, you know, I just, just, like a place to train for the night. And yeah. Sometimes you get no. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? You <laughs> it's get rare, like, but I've heard that recently. I was like, what? Right. It it's is like very some, rare, like but they it wouldn't happens. let you train. Right. Huh. Yeah. They're like, whereas, you know, it was you a get team calls thing. or we get calls. It's uh, a team thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or we get calls like, hey, I'm going to be, you know, I'm from Kimura. I'm going to be up for, you know, a couple weeks on vacation. Can I shoot in and train? We're like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, please. I welcome visitors all the time. Yeah. Come and train. Yeah. Like, new looks. Like, and besides, if I was that person, I'd want a place to train too. Exactly. People don't think about that. Like, when you were coming up, you wanted the opportunity to go train other places. So why would you shut other people off from that? Or, like, not open up your doors? Right. Really ask yourself why a few times about why you would say no to that Right. Person. Really right. ask yourself right. why you say yeah. no. Probably it's because you're afraid. Oh, right? yeah. Fear. You know what I mean? It's like, boy, fear stops so many people from doing a lot of great things. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, versus you could be like, yeah, come like meet new friends. Like, oh, where do you train? Like, oh, I'm from South Carolina, blah, 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 blah. Right. Anytime you're in town, you should come train. And guess right, what? Yeah. If I'm in South Carolina, I'm going to give them a call. And exactly. I'm going to go find a, I have a new place to train yeah. and new friends. And my mind is expanded and so is my circle of jujitsu. Oh, like, sure. why is that a bad thing? It, it's not. <laughs> like, I have uh, Mike, my first instructor, oh, man. I used to cross train all the time. And he never cared. But he obviously, that was my team. That was my home gym. Whenever I competed, like, that's who I represented. But there was, you know, one of my really good friends, Jojo, he had a school in White Plains. I used to go down and train with him all the time. Um, at that time, at that point, actually, JT was a brown belt, JT Torres, and he would run the Wednesday night competition training. 
So I would go down on the, for that to get extra training with oh, like yeah. people who I never train with right. because it's like I don't train with these guys. They're going to have a different look and give me a different look. So it's going to make me better. JT has the Spider-Man look. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am superhuman. Yeah. So like I, <laughs> I, I train with him then and actually it's pretty funny. He actually opened up in Hartsdale, New York, which isn't that far for me. But right. like there's so many people right. and it's like. If his guys ever wanted to come train, I would. I wouldn't care. I'd, they'd be open to it. Sure. So, like I've had people come in from like any gym, and they come and train. And I'm like, okay, perfect. And yeah. I tell my guys, hey, if this guy's coming in, treat him just like you would treat any of your training partners. There's nothing to prove. Don't like, right. oh, this guy's right. in this gym. I'm gonna smash him. Like, no. We gotta show him. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> we gotta show him our, our thing. Yeah. And I can't think of like any time where I was like, after somebody visited, where I was like, oh, I really wish we didn't let that person come. You know? Right. Like, Literally zero. Yeah, times. I really can't. Like, it's always been good. And then there's always like I and it's like this chain reaction of like we ended up from however many years ago, whatever, when we met Brad. All of a sudden, I'm at Globe Trotters. It came from that. It came from, hey, would it be okay? Like, I'm visiting yeah. my parents. I'm in town. Can, yeah. I, can I shoot by and train? Literally, Brad was home in New Hampshire or in right. Maine. Right. And he wanted to come train. And we said yes. And because of that, we're here sitting right now. Right. Here sitting right now. Like, two months ago, we were in the middle of we were in Mexico, you know, hanging we out with these great with people. Guys. All because, you know, that dude wanted to train up up at our place. Oh, yeah. While he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I go, I go, actually, I just taught a workshop at a school, like, Two weeks ago, maybe. So I go right. up and train with him all the time. Like, yeah, that's got to be not close, close, but a couple hours, right? Uh, he's about he's it's actually an about an hour and a half. Yeah. That's like not bad. Maybe two hours in traffic, which is always traffic in that part of Connecticut. So, <laughs> right. But uh, it's not bad. He'll come down and train with me sometimes, like on a Friday, like morning, like we'll do some training. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. So you're in your your academy is Thornwood. Yes. Thornwood. Just don't Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Thornwood Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. I kept it simple. People yeah. look up Jiu Jitsu, they look up the town. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah. And so it's in Thornwood, New York. Yep. Which is how far outside the city? We're probably 30 minutes, maybe, outside yeah. the city, depending on yeah. if there's traffic or not. And usually in that area, the traffic isn't too bad. So, um, how can people, so they just, if they just, Thornwood BJJ. Yep. ThornwoodBJJ.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, all that. Um, and, you know, you pull out the page, the map takes you right to it. We're actually, we have two train stations from Metro North that are both five minutes away. Uh, one stop is Hawthorne. Yeah. Uh, you could literally walk to the academy from there. Pleasantville is the same thing. So we're in between those two like hamlets of Mount Pleasant. So it's pretty cool. And it's a safe area. Oh yeah, super safe area. Yeah. <laughs> Not, nothing. If Let's just say yeah. it's a really safe area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you hear like a ambulance or something going off or like a cop car going off, it's usually like to save a cat that's in a tree or something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so for everybody listening, we're, we're recording this uh, at uh, Camp Manitou in Oakland, Maine, yep. sitting on the grassy knoll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a nice spot. It is a nice spot, right? There's, Jay knows how uh, to pick a spot. Jay picked a nice spot. Right. Uh, on, the, on the nice uh, grass, back into the left, right? Yeah. Grassy knoll, back into the left. I do, I do. <laughs> um, so I could sit here all day and, and talk to you about this, but there's a camp going on. And I don't really know what the schedule is or how any, you know what I mean? So, um, but I think we're going to do this again. Like, I feel like we got more positions to explore. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think maybe, what we got to do is travel down to your spot and, yeah. and train. And if you're, uh, by the way, if you're training on the way home. Right, you should come visit. You should in. come visit. Are you going yeah. home Sunday or Monday? Uh, we're actually going home Saturday because uh, 
I couldn't get out of teaching privates on Sunday. Yeah. So to. just so you know, right, we are on the way. We are uh, we are literally on the way, yeah. and uh, we've uh, got a uh, Chris is teaching a seminar at our place on Saturday at eleven. Powder. Yeah. yeah. Powder. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So even if you wanted to just, even if it was after and you wanted to get some food or whatever, yeah. stop in, in Portsmouth and say hi, like, would love for you to come by. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. And we'll, uh, did you just tie my shoes? <laughs> it looked like I think he tied them together. together. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so yeah, man, super stoked to, to finally get down and sit down and talk to you. Super yeah. stoked to roll oh, with you. So and uh, we will definitely come train. But if any of you guys are out there and you're looking for a place to train near New York City, you should go find this guy. Um, Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Look them up. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thank thank you. you so much, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you. It was awesome. Yeah. Ethan, thank you, too. You're yeah. welcome. I <laughs> <laughs> and oh, got to experience it. My butt went to sleep.